So first, if you have your Bibles, open with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. We're going to read from Matthew 14, and then we're going to read another portion from Matthew 25. Matthew 14, uh, the disciples are on the boat, and they are going across. There is a storm, and it says this, starting with uh, verse 24. Now, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. Pause. <laughs> been there? Have you ever been in trouble? They were far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Now, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, is it a ghost? It's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage, for I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come walking on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Then they climbed back into the boat and the winds stopped. Now Matthew chapter 24. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he tells this parable. Beginning with verse 14, he says, Now again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story. This is a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants, and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in its portion according to their abilities, he left on this trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went, worked, and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Now, after a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant whom he had entrusted with five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Look, master, you gave me five, uh, five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let's party the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, listen. Then the excuses start. Master, hold on. I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops that you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. 
that I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew that I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gathered crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? I could have gotten some interest on it. Not really today. You get like .001%. You have like a million bucks in the bank and they give you a penny. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is. But, but at least you could have done that. Then he ordered the money from his servants and he gave it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they have been given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. How are we going to do it? It's easy. Through faith. You got to have faith. See, I'm reading this story, and, and, and maybe you've read, you've read the story that, uh, of Peter walking on the water and Jesus walking on the water. And, and it's, su- it's such an amazing story, but something kind of caught my attention that I don't think I'd, I'd ever caught before. So there's this, there's this moment, and this happens, and Jesus is, has walked on water. Peter has done the impossible. He has stepped out on water, and he didn't sink. He's taken some steps towards Jesus. And just imagine if you were in there, this moment it happens, uh, and then he begins to sink. Jesus grabs his hand. They get back into the boat. And now this is what was interesting. When they got back into the boat, the winds ceased. Now hold on a second. You would think that the winds would cease before you got out the boat. Like if I was there and I was Peter, I would be thinking, listen, I want to do this. I want to step out in faith, Jesus. I want to believe that it's you and I want you to call me out on the water. But look at this all around us. Look at this storm. Look at at the waves crashing. Can we make it stop and then I'll step out? But oftentimes the storm doesn't stop until after we've stepped out. It's like, wait, hold on. It's it's not until after the miracle has taken place that the storm subsides. And see, sometimes in our life, we want, the, we want the storms to subside so then we could step out. And I've learned this. Our ways, they aren't his ways. He likes to do things his own way. He's like, no, no, you've got to step out on this. You've got to step out on these raging seas. And then later on, it's going to go calm for you. You know, these things will follow those who believe. Lord, I don't really want them to follow me. I want them to be in front of me. I want to, like, walk into them. No, 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 like, some of that's going to have to be in the rear view. Things go calm after the miracle. And and I'm just, God, wow. And and then this is the way that God likes to do things. This is the way that God works. Storms, miracles, and then things get smooth. I don't know if y'all noticed, but if you don't mind taking a second, stand up this morning, Mr. Chris McKenzie. The reason that we're clapping is because this man had a heart attack just a couple days, or a week ago, right? About a week ago. He's dead on, on the table. They got to bring him back. They put two stints. They said if he wasn't at the hospital, he would be dead. I show up in the, ho- I show up in the hospital room, and he's like, man, I'm ready to get back to work. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> That's a miracle. 
That is a miracle. The doctors told him if he wouldn't have been there at that right time, at that right moment, he would not be with us anymore. And the only reason why he was there, it was in the middle of an ice storm and all the other urgent care places were shut down, so he had to go there. It was God putting him in the right place at the right time. And here's the thing. And so this attack hits him, and the enemy's trying to do everything he can. But I've got, I'm here to remind you, Chris, the only reason why all these storms are taking place is because a miracle's getting ready to happen. A miracle's getting ready to happen in your life. And things will go calm after you've stepped out. Things will go calm after you said, you know what, enemy, you've tried to do everything you can to bring me down, but you know what, you're not going to. I'm not going to do it anymore. See, there comes a time, there comes a moment where you've got to put a line in the sand. And you've got to say, okay, here and no further. That is it. Enemy, you have taken the last day of peace from me that you will ever get. You are not going to rob my joy anymore. There might be storms, there might be all, but I'll tell you what, we have a God of miracles. And that is it. You've got to put a line in the stand, but you've got to draw that line in a time where the oceans and the seas and the storms are raging all around you. You can't wait for it to go flat. I was in um, Indonesia quite a few years ago, and I had gotten arrested. I actually, actually had been arrested quite a few times over there. It was kind of like an ongoing thing. But I was being arrested for nothing. You know, it was like, hey, they just... They just wanted, you'd give them five bucks, you'd give them ten bucks, and you'd get out of it. And uh, I had gotten arrested a few times, and this one time, I finally got fed up with it, because it was just like, that's it. I'm not paying another bribe. I will not do it. Even though it's only five bucks, I'm not doing it. And, and like, this was like a shocker to some of the police officers. So, like, they, act, they, they took me, my man puts me in the prison cell, has... The, the gate thing slammed behind me. I'm like, I got money, but I ain't giving it to you. I've paid my last bribe. And, and they're kind of like shocked because everybody pays the bribe. Everybody pays the bribe. You, you know better. And see, here's the thing, though. Like, I had ran out that day, and I actually had another guy's uh, driver's license. And so I actually didn't even have my license. So they were writing down all my buddy's information. <laughs> and he, he was from Norway, and his name was Alfie. And I can't even pronounce his last name. And so, like, the officer never even asked me my name. And so, I, like, he's taking down all of my buddy's information. I'm like, man, I hope, like, I hope he's okay because I ain't telling him unless, you know. Uh, I know he's, he's getting ready to go back to Norway. I still got to live here. Um, but he's writing down this, and he's just like, you know, mm, you going to pay me? I'm like, no. Mm-mm. And, like, we go through this whole thing, and finally they just let me go. They finally, they were just like, I guess he just, I guess we ain't going to get paid. Like, no, you ain't. And they let me go. And, and then the next day, you want to know what I did? I went to the store. I bought a whole bunch of Coca-Cola, and I passed it out to all the officers. I became their best friend. I never got arrested again. But I drew that line in the sand, and I said, here, no more. I think at that moment, like, I earned their respect. I'm just like, okay, this just isn't going to happen anymore. This isn't going to be a part of my life anymore. I think about December 1st. I believe it's December 1st, 1955. There was a woman sitting on a bus, and she was told to get up to give her seat to a white man. 
See, here's the thing. At, at this point in her life, she's 45 years old. So, so for 45 years, she's been riding buses. For 45 years, she's been getting up so other white men could have a seat simply because of the color of her skin. And I don't know what it was about that day, but that day she said, no more, no more. And Rosa Parks put a line in the sand and said, you know what, this isn't right. I've been getting up for 45 years, no more. And that one act helped spark an entire revolution that changed the makeup of our country because she drew a line in the sand and said, no more, no more. Things have got to change. There's a story in the scriptures of, of David and his mighty men. And there's one particular uh, gentleman, his name was Shema. They had reached this point where the Philistines, the, uh, the enemies of Israel, had, had, had rallied and they'd gathered around and they were get, getting ready uh, to go to battle. And the army of Israel sees this happening. And the army of Israel actually flees. Well, everybody except for Shema. Shema stands in the middle of this patch of lentils. And he fights. And he fights. And you don't want to know what the scriptures say? And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. You know why? Because he said, here and no more. Now listen, he is fighting for a patch of lentils. This is a patch of beans. This is, this is, this is something that is small. This, is, man, this, is, this isn't the big kingdom. And, and, and ha- no, this is, but the thing is, it was his field. It was his beans. It was his lentils. And he said, you know what? Everybody else might flee. The entire army you know what, and there's a good chance that I'm going down today. There's a good chance I ain't going to make it. But you know what, here and no further. And see, we've got to reach that point where we say, you know what, God, here you're either going to do something. And, and here's the thing, there's no guarantee of victory. I, I know we would like to think there is. Y'all, y'all remember the story Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego? There's this moment like they, they took this stand. You know, we're not going to bow before your kings. But I love what they said. He said, listen, you could throw us into this fire, and our God, he could save us, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship him. I'm going to step out on this water. You know what? I might end up sinking, but I'm going to believe that he's going to save me. But even if he doesn't, he's worthy. Even, 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 even if I sink down, it's okay here and no further. I'm not taking another bribe. I'm not giving up another bus seat. I'm not giving up this field this day here and no more. And it's not until after the stand that the seas go smooth. We say, Lucas, but, but what if we mess up? What if, what if we fail? Here's the thing. You should be more afraid of not trying than you are of failing. You should be more afraid of not trying than you are of failing. Because if you read the scriptures that we just read a second ago, we, we, have, all, we have these guys that have been given these talents, and, and, and the one that takes the heat is the one that didn't try. The one that took his talent and buried it in the ground. See, we should be more afraid 
of our tomorrow looking just like our yesterday. And yet, sometimes that's the exact thing that we expect. We expect, well, tomorrow will be an outworking and it'll look just like yesterday and next year will just look like last year and all this. No, it shouldn't. Not when you have Jesus. See, this thing, this, this, this faith that we have, we could walk out from this place and the truth is the enemy can do everything he wants to to try to slam us to the ground. But right now there's this moment where God comes and he feels it. And, and we, could, we could worship him on the mountaintop. But God very rarely keeps us on the mountaintop. He takes us from the mountaintop down back into the valleys. Because the mountain is wonderful. But the valley is where all the ministry takes place. See, Peter's up there with Jesus, and there's just been this uh, uh, amazing transfiguration, and he's seeing the glory. And his first response is, Jesus, it's good that we're here. Let's build some houses. Let me build some houses so we could stay in this place. And Jesus is like, nope, let's go back down. And see, that's the thing, it's the same way that he works in our lives today. We, we have these mountaintops, we have these moments where, where God has spoken to us and things are clear, but then he leads us back into the valleys. He leads you back into m Monday morning when that coworker is going to do everything they can to make your life miserable. He's going to lead you back into Monday and Tuesday where, where everything goes against you, and he says, well, well this, is, this is what faith looks like. And here's this thing about faith. Faith is not a moment of bravery. See, we would like to think that faith is this moment of just incredible courage. But faith is rather hundreds and thousands of consecutive little steps that make a big difference. Faith is the everyday working out of your faith day after day after day. And you say, well, Lucas, how do I increase my faith? It's easy. You want to know how to increase your faith? Become faithful. Become faithful with the little things. Become faithful with what God has placed in your hands now. Not what God's placed in somebody else's hands, what God's placed in your hands. Because if you're faithful with the little, he can trust you with a whole lot more. And some of the reasons why we don't have a lot more, because we need to get really honest, because we haven't been faithful with the little. And until we're faithful with the little, why is God going to give us even more? And that's why most lottery winners go broke. Because they haven't had the chance to be faithful with the little. We've got to be faithful with the little. I, you, you think about David. And, and you read the story of David killing Goliath. And killing the giant. And we think, man, that is faith, right? That is this moment of faith. No, 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 no. That is the moment of faithfulness. That is the moment of the outworking of all of David's life. Because if you'll remember, before he went to that giant, he stood before the king. And he said, listen, let me tell you why I'm going to kill this giant. Because while I was tending the sheep, a bear came. And he got one of my lambs, and I took him out. And then there was this time when a lion came, 
And he even had them in his mouth. And I took them out. And I'm going to kill this giant because I've killed the bear and I've killed the lion. And see, here's the thing. If you can't save the sheep, you'll never save the nation. Until you learn how to save the sheep, then God maybe can help you and be, save the nation. You know what I'm saying? And, and we like to think, no, no, God, we, if you'll just do this and this and this. And God says, listen, no, I, I want you to be faithful with this. And whether it's five talents or two talents or one talent, I, I just want you to be faithful with what I've given you. Don't worry about what I've given somebody else. And it's a lifetime. It's, it's step upon step of a lifetime of faithfulness. And if you be faithful with a few things, I'll put you in charge of many things. Jeremiah 12 says, listen, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you've stumbled in this safe country, how will you manage in the thickets of the Jordan? If you give up on God when you have a flat tire, what are you going to do when someone threatens your life for the sake of the gospel? And see, like, we, we make up these stories in our minds of, like, oh, no, God, but I'll be, yeah. No, hold on. We've got to be faithful with the little things. Paul says to this church that he writes this letter to in Corinthians, he says, listen, you guys, y'all should be grown up by now, but I'm still having to give y'all milk. What makes you think you could handle the meat? It's like, I'm still having to give y'all this milk. You have to be faithful with the little things, and you have to grow, and your faith has to increase. If we're greedy with the small stuff, we're going to be greedy with the big stuff. If you're generous with the small things, you're going to be generous with the big things. Money only amplifies what's already there. Money only amplifies what's already there. Money will bring about more of what you already are. So if you're already greedy, you're just going to be more greedy. If you're already generous, you're going to be more generous. And so you, you've got to learn to be faithful with the little things, faithful with whatever talents that God has given you. See, i got to be honest with you. Sometimes people say, oh, Lucas, you're so talented. Not really. Not at all. I have, like, not a whole lot of tangible skills. Like, if it was the end of the world and you were putting together a team of people that you wanted in your crew to make sure that you stayed alive, I really, you know, I, I, can, I can't build no campfires. Like, I can't build houses or run electrical wires. Or, like, I don't have all these skills. You don't really, I don't, I don't know if you want me on your team. The only skill I have is I could talk a lot. I could talk a whole lot. And so I'm just taking my one talent and running with it. All right, God, this is it. If I talk enough, somebody might want me on their team. I might get fed tonight, somebody. Kyle can, man, Kyle, the, like, did you hear him this morning? Like, his voice, you, you don't want me to try to sing right now. <laughs> like, attendance next year, like, but you've got to be faithful with what God has given you. And here's what's amazing. E even in this, this scripture that we read where, where he gives one five one two. One, one, he all, the master of the house replies each time, you've been faithful with the little. Now, did you, did you catch that? So whether it's the guy who has five or two 
or one, it's all little in the eyes of God. All of it. It doesn't matter what it is. All of it compared to him is lentils, it's beans. All of it, hey, this is, this is a little bit. I wanted to see if you'd be faithful with this. Five or two or one, it doesn't matter. And see, here, here's the thing about the story. Uh, this is a story, this is a parable that Jesus is telling. And, and the Bible doesn't say this, but it, it does say that the master was a long time and is coming back. So there's a whole process that these guys are going through. They, they have this, these talents. They have this money that has been uh, given to them to, to invest in, and, and to, to bring about an increase for the master. And so you've got to wonder, like, what did they do to get the increase? Man, what did the guy with five do to get five more? What did the guy with two do to get two more? Did he invest in Amazon early? What was it? Like, we don't know the whole story. But here's the thing, like, I think there's an element to why we don't know the whole story because, because it was a long time. And we don't know what they went through. As a matter of fact, the guy with five, he could have went out there, he could have stepped out on faith, and he could have lost it all. Only to build it back up. Only to lose it all again. Only to build it back up. The thing is, he's telling the story to say, listen, he was doing something. See, I, I, don't, I don't think for one second, one second that Jesus is worried about us failing. I don't think for one second that you're going to get to heaven and you're going to stand before him and say, oh, God, I, I tried and I stepped out in faith and I failed. And he's going to be like, yep, better luck next time. And he's going to be like, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, you might have fallen straight on your face, but you didn't bury it in the ground. You see, the one thing that's not acceptable is to let your gift and let your talent go dormant because of whatever excuse it might be. See, because what the servant's even telling his master is, honestly, master, it's really your fault because I knew what kind of man you are. You were reaping harvests that you didn't even plant, and so I didn't want to make you angry. That's no excuse. It says you were wicked and you were lazy. There's no excuse for us burying our talents in the ground any longer. See, some of us, some of us have, have buried those talents because we've been afraid to step out of the boat. We've been afraid to just, God, I, I don't know if I step out, I don't know if you're going to catch me. And so we've buried them deep in the ground. And some of us have gone years and years and years waiting. And maybe there's some people in here this morning they say, Lucas, you know, everything you're talking about, I, I, want, to be, I want to be a person of faith. I, I, I want to be faithful, but I've got to be honest with you, I haven't been. I haven't been faithful. As a matter of fact, I've, I even screwed up this morning. I've been unfaithful, and I've messed up. And every time I try to do right, I just keep on messing up. Here's the beautiful, beautiful thing about the gospel. Here's the beautiful thing about this good news. His mercies are new every morning. Right now, you have a chance of drawing a line in the sand and saying, here and no more, no longer will I bury my talents in the ground. No longer will I get up for, for this bus seat. No longer will I pay another bribe. No longer will anything that the enemy comes against me to try to dictate my life, to steal my, 
my joy and my peace and my happiness. It's not going to happen here and no further, no matter what happens. And if you throw me into the fire, if I get all burned up, it's okay because he is still worthy. He's still worthy of all of our praise, all of our glory, and he can do it. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come to the sea.